Thank you for joining us here at C3 Edinburgh. We are all about authentic community, unlocked creativity, and the naturally supernatural life in Jesus' name. We are praying that this message will bless you and meet you right where you're at today. For more information about C3 Edinburgh, check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com. first time with us today or maybe you've been away and this is your like first time in this series what we've been doing is we've been exploring relationships and um, we've been doing it through the lens of looking at the um, the lives of people who were alive during the exodus of Israel um, out of Egypt and Lisa, um, Lisa preached a message on bullying, which was amazing. Nathan did an incredible message on romantic relationships. Strew, you pre- preached on Moses and Aaron, and that was powerful. Alan, I'm sorry, I've totally forgot what you preached about, but it was amazing. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I've loved it. Um, and today, what, uh, what we're going to be talking about is, um, is our journey as a faith community. Nathan and Lisa are often, they have those words, they're talking about, you know, a faith community. We're doing the faith journey together. We are a people of faith. We are a community of faith. And I've been um, dwelling on that during this week and thinking, like, like, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be a community of faith? What does it mean to do the faith journey? Because there's so many ways that you could interpret that. It could be like, you know, someone um, encountering Jesus or it's someone just living their life and having our faith in God or they, um, they have faith as a part of their life. Um, I've been thinking about it and I think it's the faith journey is like our um, progressive discovery of what God has for us and the progressive discovery of who Jesus is, and the progressive discovery of um, being stretched in our faith and being drawn closer to God. So that's what we're that's what we're talking about. And and you know, really, I've been thinking about you know my friends who I've done the journey with. Um, I've been thinking about my friend Noni, who was the person who led me to Jesus. Um, she had this like incredible. Um, like infectious passion to be in church that I had never seen in my life. Um, and Australia, hence accent, um, is a like pretty secular place. And um, I'd never met anybody who was like, yeah, I just, you know, I just love church. I'm like, what? It's like an old stone building with like an old guy up the front and it's, you know, a little bit boring. And um, she goes, no, it's nothing like that. And I was like, cool. So... And then I eventually met Jesus. And then as I'm doing this journey, I, I, I make another friend, and his name is Nathan. Not the Nathan that we know, but a different Nathan, who ironically is also named after Nathan Oliver. Um, and we forged our friendship in school. Um, we forged our friendship of over like nine years of serving in church together. Like every single Sunday, we'd be there at 8 a.m., set up, packed down, um, I would do sound or play bass, and he would play keys, and he led the worship team. And we had this like sense of camaraderie of like walking together and building this 
this church that we're a part of and seeing people saved and, and um, seeing our friends get to know Jesus was just this um, incredible um, life-giving experience for our friendship. And we did the journey together. We, like I saw my friend and he saw me go through some pretty serious downs and some amazing ups. And here's what I found is that the faith journey, it's not by yourself. We do it with other people. It's always with other people. And, you know, we live 10,500 miles apart, but I know that when I go to Australia in, like, three weeks, we're going to sit down, have a flat white together, and it will be just like we picked up yesterday. Um, and it's because we've done the journey together. That is why. And that's, um, I think that's where healthy relationships start. It's where you... My mouth is very dry. <laughs> It's where um, it starts on faith, really. That's where it starts with. So let's, um, let's get into some, into some scripture. And we're going to read from, um, we're going to be reading from Joshua. Um, and it's going to be Joshua 6. It's, and it's, this is the story of, um, of Jericho. Um, and a little bit of context is that um, the Israelites have come out of Egypt. They've walked through the um, through the the desert for forty years. Um, they, God has fed them with manna from heaven. Um, he's taken care of them. He's uh, sent quails from heaven. He's also brought water out of a rock. He's done all these miracles, and um, they've gotten to the promised land. Um, Moses sent out a bunch of spies from each of the 12 different tribes. And basically, they walked into the, the promised land and 10 of the 12 spies said, absolutely not, no way. There's people there that are like way bigger than us and will just get absolutely devoured as soon as we walk in there. And then Joshua and his friend Caleb, they see it differently. They go, actually, God can do an amazing thing here if we just step forward. Um, because he is for us, he's never been against us. So let's let's go ahead. So they've crossed through. They've crossed through the Jordan. They've walked through the river. They've carried the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God, into the river, and the river has literally split exactly like the Red Sea. And they've walked through that into the Promised Land. And now um, the people have made their way to um, the, their um, this battle. That they're about to have. So let's let's read Joshua six. Um, so we're going to read jo- uh, six one through three. So now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, "See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all of the armed men, and do this." For six days. Bit weird, right? Like, why would they? Why wouldn't they just run straight at this city um, and take it down? Doesn't really make sense. God's given them a like an odd command, really, as He tends to do. Um, and I read verse three, and it just came alive to me that um, God asked. 
the Israelites to send every armed man to walk around Jericho. And that's amazing because there's a sense of community that would have been there as these people are walking around this battle, that were walking around this, um, uh, this fortress. And they're not marching as individuals. They're marching as a community. They, they know the person to the left and they know the person to the right. But just put your mind as if you were there because there would have been an incredible atmosphere, an incredible vibe that would have been happening then because they had just seen God part a river. They had just seen God bring water out of a rock. They had just been fed every single day with food from heaven. And they're walking around this thing and they are standing there with a word from God saying, I have delivered this city into your hands. You just need to walk around it. And I think there's this atmosphere that would have been there that would have been an atmosphere of faith because they knew that God was about to do something because he was faithful, because he's proven himself faithful. And they're knowing, they're believing, and they are feeling that they're about to move into the next new thing that God has for them. For you, maybe you're feeling uh, a bit stuck. Maybe you're feeling like you have a situation in your life that feels like Jericho, like you look at it and it's this huge fortress surrounded by walls and you know that there is, you feel that there is nothing that you could ever do to actually bring those walls down and to get inside and get to the, the root of a problem. Maybe there's a relationship in your, in your family that isn't as good as it should be. Maybe uh, there's a career thing that you're looking to figure out you're struggling with negative thought patterns and bad, like bad habits. You've been struggling with sin. And here's what, here's what I got out of this, is that we, as a church, are like these people walking around Jericho in that we do the faith journey together. We walk together. We walk as soldiers ready for battle. And it's like, what our life looks like is I know what's going on in Struan's life, maybe not the exact details, and then I know what's going on in Morag's life because we are walking together because I know who's to my left and I know who's to my right. And that's what a faith community looks like is that we are walking together towards what God is about to deliver us into you're not made to do this journey alone because God didn't make us to do this journey alone, full stop. It says in, in um, Genesis that um, when he made Adam, you know, he had the dust on the ground and then he literally pulled up Adam out of the dust and then he saw Adam naming all the creatures and then he realises actually it's not good for man to be alone. I need to create a helper for him. And um, that is when he made, he made Eve out of his side. And it amazes me that we are made as people who are not 
we're not made to live in isolation. I read an interesting stat yesterday that um, isolation is worse than drinking 15, uh, drinking 15, than um, smoking 15 cigarettes a day, that it, um, it's worse for you to be isolated than, it, uh, sorry, you have, a, um, you have a lower life expectancy when you are isolated than when you have obesity. And I'm just like, wow, that is intense because it's like one of those is, it's kind of like an emotional thing, really. We don't have people around us. And then the other one is a clear, like, physical, um, like, uh, I guess, ailment. And isolation can kill us, really. That's, I guess, that's the thing. And um, as a church, we don't walk in isolation because we have healthy community. And there's people in our city who are isolated. I've heard stats that Edinburgh is the loneliest city in the UK, number one, which doesn't make sense for us because we have this healthy community, but then there's all these people outside of our community who don't experience the same thing that we do. They don't experience this faith journey and being a part of a community of faith. It says in Proverbs 27, verse 13, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The, um, I found it really interesting, the Greek for um, sh- sharpening um, is actually to change the countenance of a person or to change face, which I think is amazing because it's like we walk together and as people are brought into community, as we sharpen each other, we actually see people's faces change. We see lives transform. I have a friend who... Um, he has been coming into the food bank that I work at with Edinburgh City Mission and um, he um, got an incredible story, some really tough times but I've gotten to know him over about six or seven weeks and in these six or seven weeks I have seen his skin colour change, I have seen him smile, I have seen every mannerism that comes out of his body completely change and I think it's of two things. It's because he started praying, and it's because he started reading the Bible, and it's because he's decided that he wants to get to know God. He wants to become a part of a faith community. And he does that in part by coming to the food bank. Um, because, you know, most of us are Christians, and we take care of these people, and we pray for them and stuff. And that's what it's about, really. It's about ironing, sharpening iron. It's about having that experience of community that changes people's faces as soon as they walk through the doors of our church. So we're going to move on to, uh, to Joshua 6, and this is going to be verses 4 through 7. It says, have seven priests, so this is after he's told them to walk around for six days, have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark on the seventh day March around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long, a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and then the, the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. It's really interesting because the people are not just walking by themselves. Um, if we go back to verse 4... Um, the people are walking um, 
Where is it? Had the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. I don't know if you guys know what the ark symbolizes, but in the Old Testament, the ark symbolizes the presence of God on earth. Um, and you can read it in Joshua chapter 3, is that um, everybody was told to keep um, almost a mile away from the ark um, because if people weren't spiritually um, clean, in effect, they would uh, they'd pass away. So um, it was God's presence on earth. And here's the amazing thing, is that as we join together as a community, we don't do it in essence, by ourselves because we're walking together, but we do it because God is among us. We do it because the Holy Spirit is present with us and we don't walk around the battles of our lives together um, without strength. We don't walk around the battles of our lives without purpose or without knowing that God is for us or without knowing that He is literally walking with us and that we are carrying his presence with us as we go. So the question is, like, why do they actually march? Because they, um, they're actually a pretty formidable army, and they could have taken Jericho down. It was a reasonably, a reasonably small fortress, but it had massive walls. And I think, I think that they were um, told to march because God wanted to establish within the community um, an atmosphere of faith or an atmosphere that God was able to do far above and beyond anything that they could expect or believe. And I think that God is always looking to build our faith um, he's looking to increase our trust and increase our reliance on him because really they could have fought that battle themselves. Who knows whether they would have won or not, but they could have done it themselves. But the Lord is not looking to build um, our, our own abilities. He's looking to increase our trust and reliance on him. Faith comes when there's an expectation that God will move because if there's no expectation, then there's no faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So, faith is happening when we believe that God is actually going to do something. And for us as a church, as we walk forward, it's it's actually about believing the best for the person on our left and the person on our right. Like that God is going to do something incredible, that God is going to move. And I think that it's that we are walking together in faith, listening to the right words, listening to the right things coming from our brother and sister to the left and the right. And I just want to touch just quickly there because um, it's so important that we surround ourselves with the right voices. Some people say that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most of your time with, which is really interesting. Um, so I make sure that I surround myself with people who are building my faith. I make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who stretch me, who put me outside of my comfort zone, who take me deeper into God. And I think that we need to be those people 
for the people who are around us, is that we need to put ourselves out of our comfort zone to see God move in somebody else's life. Words have so much power. It says from the, the Bible says, from the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. So I think that when we have faith come into our heart, we speak out faith. When we have faith come into our lives, when we live in an atmosphere of faith, and I believe that our church is like that. Like I said before, we're walking around Jericho, we're building an atmosphere of faith kind of like what Pastor Phil was talking about. We see the priests carrying the presence of God and we need to be people who are unashamed in our pursuit and desire of seeking God. And, and I think if we... Um, if we move into that and we take on the, the idea that God is here for us, that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. In fact, it's not an idea, it's a fact that there is a new day for us, that we have new oil, that we have new wine, that God is bringing new things to us as a church, that he's creating momentum in those small moments, that he's giving us a new wine skin and a new wineskin thinking, all of those things are done in the presence of God. So we need, to be, we need to be people who worship. We need to be people who love the word. We need to be people who pray, who seek God unashamedly. We need to be people who are willing to get up in the morning when it's hard and to open our Bible and to put some worship music on and wait and linger and soak in God's presence because that is how we experience that new wine the pastor Phil was talking about. Now, I want to talk about, um, want to talk about uh, having faith for your friends because um, sometimes it can get really difficult when someone's going through something and they go, um, life's really hard and you know what the truth is. You know that actually someone just needs to have faith because in some ways, that's actually the truth. We do just need to have faith. We do just need to trust the Lord. But actually, that's really not the most helpful thing ever. Even though it's the truth, it's not the most helpful thing. So I think on top of all these things we've been talking about, um, building that space where people are they feel comfortable to open up and share where they don't feel like they're going to be judged, that they don't have enough faith, that they don't, um, they're not experiencing God like they have in the past. I think creating that sense of community where people feel comfortable, it's actually our call and mandate. But then it's also our call and mandate to press people into faith. And I like, you know, um, I'm a bit of a faith guy. Like, I keep pressing forward. I never stop. I keep going because I believe that God is for me and I believe that God is for us. So my mind, over years of, of changing my thinking, has gone, actually, I need to move into that space of faith. And I can tell in my life when I'm not in faith. 
Um, yeah. So I'd love to get the band up and we're going to spend... Um, how much time do we have? That's the question. We're going to spend a, a, couple, of, a couple of minutes um, actually just, um, just lingering in God's presence. Um, just spending some time with him. And um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions in a few minutes. And um, we're going to pray for some people if they need some prayer. So let's just bow our heads and, um, and close our eyes. And just, uh, just create some space, hey? This is how you do it. Israelites, they walked around Jericho and I don't know how quickly they walked. I don't know whether they walked really quickly or they walked really slowly. But sometimes you just want to want to stick and stay where God is. So we're just going to do a bit of just a bit of training, just a bit of waiting. Wait on the Lord and you will renew your strength. Faith comes actually from God. It's not something that we just create. Faith is given from a word from Him. Faith comes when God speaks to us because it stirs us up for what He is speaking into our lives. still small voice, God. You're also in the big walls coming down, God. You're in those big miracles and those big movements, Lord, but you're also in the wind. So Holy Spirit, would you breathe over this place, God? 